to the Worship Leader Essentials podcast brought to you by Worship Catalyst. We are here to help leaders learn how to do more with less. For more information or engage with us, please visit worshipcatalyst.com. We're so glad you're here today. Let's learn together. All right, welcome back to the Worship Leader Essentials podcast. Austin Ryan here, your host as always. And uh, man, we're going to talk about a strategy of leadership today for your worship team that is unique and different, and uh, hundreds of churches have taken the challenge of implementing this into their team at some level, and I promise you, it will make you better at what you do if you get into this. So we'll get into that in just a second. Uh, But before we do, worship verse of the day is out of Daniel chapter 4, verse 37, and this is Nebuchadnezzar. I guess I need to set this up. So you may remember when Nebuchadnezzar asked about this dream that he has about this, uh, you know, he has a dream and he, Daniel comes in, interprets the dream and basically tells Nebuchadnezzar, you're going to lose all your power, you're going to go insane, and you're going to, you know, have long fingernails and things like that in your hair like Scary stuff. Yeah, weird stuff. Well, sure enough, that's what happens. So Nebuchadnezzar loses his power, goes out into the field and lives like that for a while and by the way, it happened because of his pride, because mm-hmm. he didn't give God glory, he gave himself glory. So anyway, God finally restores his, his power to him and, uh, and his wealth and all that. And then verse 37, here's the verse. Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and glorify and honor the king of heaven. All his acts are just and true, and he is able to humble the proud. Okay, that is coming from a guy who was really proud, like super prideful, arrogant, took all the credit, wouldn't give credit to God, like refused to give credit to God. No matter what he had seen and experienced, he gave himself the praise. Mm -hmm. And what does this say? Even that guy, even the most prideful guy you can imagine, ultimately said, I praise and glorify and honor the king of heaven. Mm -hmm. All his acts are just. And so here's what I just want to say to all of us. Um, 2020, I think, must have been because I struggled with it personally, a really challenging year for personal evangelism. And it was because everybody was afraid to even talk to other people. I mean, afraid. Yeah. Because you might have COVID and I might die if I have a conversation with you right now, literally. Mm -hmm. Like, because we were just given every day bad reports, still get them. And we're wearing masks and it's hard to even, it's hard to have dialogue with people and we're going to have to put that pot back onto the front to boil again uh, in 2021, if that's been a slow year for you. Mm-hmm. Um, but I want to give you hope in that, and that is because I know it's challenging. You can share the gospel with somebody, and we have 20 times, 30 times, 50 times, and they don't give their lives to Christ. Well, Nebuchadnezzar was in the center of the life of Daniel who at all times, miracles were just coming out of. I mean, he was seeing the activity of God. And then one day he finally experienced God and it changed his life forever. And I wanna tell you, don't give up, man. Just continue to to tell people about the grace of God and the power of God in your life and and the joy that you receive from him. You know, Daniel was so consistent in, in being who he was and standing up for God and never backing down and, you know, uh, Nebuchadnezzar finally took notice, and um, 
And um, your friends, your neighbors, your relatives, your coworkers will finally take notice, but be consistent and continue to have faith that God is working behind the scenes in people's lives around you. Yeah. That's my worship verse of the day, that even the hardened, prideful, sinful, I hate God person can someday come to faith in Jesus That's good. and worship him. All right, here we go, man. This is a, this is a theme today that uh, Ben and I and uh, Cammie, we have taught hundreds Literally. Hundreds of times. Hundreds of times. Not just in like our worship like leader essential stuff. This is something we do with churches all the time. New connectors. New, it's like gone everywhere. Here's what I will say. And I did it this morning. I was mentoring some worship leaders from a church in Ohio. And I said to them, next time when we meet, I'm going to have to talk about something with you guys. Mm-hmm. Because every question they were asking has this as a solution. Yeah. Okay? Um, and so I would say every single church that I talk to, we talk about covenants, and we talk, and we talk about these leadership roles. And yeah. so uh, so let me, so that's set up. Let me, let me just kind of frame it for you. Basically, here's the problem. The problem is you as a worship leader are not good at everything, and you're never going to be good at everything. Okay? Sorry to be the bearer of bad news. Sorry, Nebuchadnezzar. <laughs> Yeah, that's exactly why. So if you have that inkling of pride in you that you think that you're good at everything, <laughs> you're good at I just want to tell you right yeah. now, you're going to be out there with long fingernails <laughs> yeah. and hair like feathers. Yeah. And so uh, you're not good at everything. And to do your job well, uh, basically the bigger problem is that um, in order, uh, whenever you try to do everything with your job as a worship leader and your role, and you try to do all the stuff that your role entails, uh, entails, you are making it worse for the church. You're the lid of the organization uh, because whatever is the worst thing that you're good at doing is probably the best that that church is ever going to get. Yeah, that's scary. Horrible, like, it's right? horrible. And the worst thing than that is that God has already given gifting to people on your team yep. that you are not currently utilizing because you think it's your job to do all these things. And I want to say if you're a pastor today, I want to say something really clear to you, and I want you to listen, man, because we've said this to so many pastors, and they get it. The job of your worship leader is not to do everything. The job of your worship leader is to make sure that everything gets done, mm-hmm. okay? All of these things that we're going to talk about today. So what we decided to do a few years ago is we just were analyzing a lot of different churches, and we got to see that every single church, from mega church down to brand new church plant with five people, uh, all have the same basic uh, roles, the same basic function, and that is to, you know, make sure a church service happens right? every single week, and there's a lot more than that, obviously, but but from the non-paid person up to the person with a full worship and creative arts staff, there are basically seven core roles in every single one of those churches, and we want to unpack these roles for you today. We're not going to spend much time on them. But we have an entire video series that we're going to point you to yep. uh, at the end of this that you can go and engage in this video series. It's all free of charge, and it will help you really implement this into the life of your congregation. So every single congregation or every single worship team, creative arts team, worship ministry has these seven roles. Number one, a need for administration. Okay? There is admin. And if you're listening to the sound of my voice today and you have the ability to play music and sing, 
more than likely you don't have the ability to send emails and make schedules. <laughs> so it could be that you're a rare, like a unicorn. Yeah. But at the end of the day, admin is something, there's been more worship leaders that I know of that have gotten fired over not being able to send out the schedule in time than have gotten fired over not being able to sing or play a song. Yeah. So uh, obviously admin has got things like song choosing, or not song choosing, but song sending out, schedule arrangement, all those kinds of things. Uh, somehow in the life of that ministry, admin has got to take place. And if you as a worship leader are the one making sure everybody knows where to be and when to be there, and that's not your gifting, you're slowing down the work of your group. Mm -hmm. Number two, spiritual leader. Um, This is basically the pastor of the team, okay? So um, this is a role that is uh, someone who's focused on making sure that there's spiritual development going on in your team members. And so when I say team members, I mean tech and music and you know whatever else you have as it relates to your worship team. And so uh, this person might be doing devotionals. This person might be you know, spending time with two or three of the people just like walking through their spiritual development. They're just making sure that we're not empty people standing up in the congregation, uh, standing up before the congregation leading them in worship. So mm-hmm. admin leader and spiritual leader. Ben, what's yeah. number three? Number three is relational leader. And this is uh, different from spiritual in the sense that this relational leader is the person who's going to make sure that everybody on that team is is connected and is relating well, not just to each other, but has a place to connect within your church family. And so this person is going to be that guy who who has that charisma or that ability to just be able to, you know, talk to anybody, you know, create relationships, all those kinds of things, but to make sure that there is connection amongst your team because the hope is that your team is growing, the hope is that your team is is large, that you've got multiple drummers and bass players and all those kinds of things, and that with those different kinds of people, you have different personalities, and making sure that there's, if there's any conflict, if there's any sort of resolution that's needed, that this person is going to be that guy that's going to be there, because everybody knows in the worship ministry, that can be a time-consuming piece of you having to be the person all the time having to go put out fires of people on the team getting you know getting mad or understanding all that stuff but when you have that somebody whose job is to say hey how can i make sure you're connected hey are you part of a group hey can i make sure that you you know how's all that stuff going let's let's hang out after this you know group hangouts with the with the worship with the worship team um you know after practice or after sundays or whatever that person is responsible for making sure there is community amongst your team Yeah, and on our video series, man, we spell that out so clearly with these roles in terms of what's the actual specific role, job description of that role. Yep. And then also, what are the characteristics of a person? Traits of a person, yeah. Yeah. Uh, The next one uh, is uh, technology leader, technical leader. And so this is clear. Uh, But if you are a on-stage point, guitar playing, keyboard playing, microphone in hand, singing worship leader on a Sunday, you should not also be in charge of the technology team. Yeah. Okay. It's going to be really difficult for you to do both of those things at the same time. And so our uh, recommendation is that there's somebody that becomes a technology leader for your church and they're over all of the technologies and they uh, help recruit as well as train, as well as make sure that things are working and being fixed and upgrading and things like that. It may take a couple of different people in that regard. And the video series really spells that out. 
What's the next one? Number five is musical director. And this is the, you know, your MD on the team. He's making sure um, all the arrangements are in the right key, that you're that he knows the roadmap to every single song, that he knows it's going to go intro, verse, chorus, interlude. How many times are you going to play that? You know, all those intricacies of the song, pouring over the music every single week to make sure, okay, is this song, are we going to do it this, this way? Are we going to do it this many repeats? All that kind of stuff. This director is getting all the music together and making sure that the, each musician has exactly what they need to play on Sundays. He kn- he knows he's got a good understanding of drums, of, of uh, all how the workings of the band take place so that when rehearsal comes around, when you guys are going to the music, he knows, oh, hey, that drummer should be a little bit lighter on this. Or maybe he needs to bring out some more stuff. So he's not only making sure the music is there, he's making sure the execution of the music is also good. That's really good, man. I love that. Uh there are so many really great worship leaders who can stand up in front of a crowd with a microphone and mm-hmm. sing well and connect people to Jesus, like go to God, take other people with them. Yep. But they don't have the first foggiest idea of how to take a song that has 14 instruments and boil it down to their guitar, cajon, bass, and yep. make it, you know, they wouldn't know what to say or what yeah. to tell a drummer how right. to play. And I love the fact that that opens up the door for a worship leader to be a worship leader when he's not worrying about worrying about that. Does the band know where to go next? You know, all those kind of things that the MD is taking care of. Yeah, exactly. And that brings us to our next role, which is point worship leader mm-hmm. or point worship leaders, because it's we think it's always better for a church to have more than just one person that stands up in front of people for yeah. 52 Sundays out of the year. Um, and so... Uh, this person's role is what the rest of the congregation thinks of as the worship leader, right? And typically, it's the one that's been hired or appointed, anointed as the, the leader of the church, of the worship team. But the, the beauty of how this works is that that point worship leader can focus when they're not in charge of musical direction and spiritual direction and relational direction and technical direction and sending the songs to everybody and all that kind of stuff. But they can really focus on my job is to go to God on Sundays and take other people with me. Man, it just keeps them focused on a really, really, really important job. And you could develop a bunch of people to do that Mm -hmm. that aren't necessarily good at a bunch of other things. Yep. And then um, the... What is we number number seven, eight, seven, seven? Last. <laughs> the <Yeah>. last one <laughs> is uh, is your thematic leader, and the and the thematic leader is maybe you don't see it as much on Sunday, but it's kind of uh, it, it feels kind of very behind the scenes role almost. But what this thematic leader does is this person is taking the big idea of Sunday. Not we're not talking just about the music. We're talking about when we talk about the big idea. What, what we're trying to communicate this Sunday. This person is taking that idea and helping to create a flow of service that makes sense to communicate that idea. And so they're thinking of scripture, and they're thinking of teaching, they're thinking of prayers, they're thinking of songs, they're thinking of all kinds of stuff. And they're not doing it themselves. They have a team of people with them that they're bringing along that can hopefully kind of help shape and create this service. And so this 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 role is somebody who's creative, who wants to think outside the box, but who can also kind of take an overview of the service and go, hey, I want to help communicate our theme through the music, through the teaching, through everything, and to kind of help pull that whole thing together. And it's a, it's a job that for worship leaders, again, like you're the one trying to pour into Sunday. How do we, how do we get you focused on the things, number one, the things that you you like to, to care about on a Sunday morning, but also that you're good at caring about so you can do the thing which we're, which they're asking you to do, which is lead the people in worship that Sunday. 
Yeah, and we generally want uh, we we would recommend in any setting that a tech, that a thematic leader be the leader of a team. Yeah, you know, three to eight people that like plan the service, pick the songs, put the flow. That's good stuff. So the last thing then you're wondering, so those are the seven roles. And like I said, this is 30,000 foot. We dive into this on a way practical um, level in the video series that we'll point you to in just a minute. But how is this all held together? So we hold this together through a person that we call a servant of servants. We used to call it a leader of leaders, this person who, you know, t- you know kind of lead all these different leaders who are leading their areas. But what we really figured out is that if somebody's gifted in administration and they're serving in administration, you don't have to do a whole lot of leadership. Mm-hmm. It's more like you're coming underneath that person saying, how can I serve you so you can be successful? Yeah. And it could be that the role of the worship pastor or the worship minister or the like the hired person for that in the church, that might be a good role for, for you if that's your role, yeah. is not to be the end-all be-all, but to be the person that elevates everybody into their God-given gifting yep. that they already have. And uh, super exciting uh, opportunity uh, on that. And so... Yeah. Um, I hope that I hope that you'll take a look at that. So Ben, where do they find the video series? So they can go to worshipcatalyst.com forward slash courses, and that's where you can find this. Um, you'll again, like we said, this will be there's a video series that goes along with this whole thing. It breaks it down and it talks about each role, talks about how to implement, and it, not just like what this is. It, we actually go through how do you implement this onto your team, and I think to. To come back to when people hear this, I think the knee-jerk reaction, and we talk about this a lot because people bring this up a lot, they go, you know, they go, oh, this is eight, you know, eight people, you know, in a sense, seven roles, but like eight, I've got four people on my team, you know, and always we hear that all the time. I don't want to, I don't want you to like just throw this off the wayside. There's ways that you can still, this can still be utilized on a team of three, four people, two people, you know, this doesn't have to be the thing. And, and the the beautiful part about this and we've seen this work with churches over and over again is that when you do this process it actually paves the way for more people to join your team because now there's more places for them to be involved it's clear on where they can get connected it's not just well do you play guitar do you play drums it's like oh no there's there's other places for you to be a part of this so love it yeah if you're in a small church like ben saying or a small team you're and you're the leader you're basically your your name is in all those yeah all those holes (laughs) every single one of them right now and your job is to focus on the things that God's made you great at and, and unleash other people into their thing. I love it so much. So take a look at that, worshipcows.com slash courses, courses, and it'll be there. And you'll also have an opportunity to connect with us at the end of that in a way that we can actually, one of our team can help you, walk with you while you implement that into yeah. your team if you want to go uh, that far. All right, that's it. Cool. Awesome. Seven roles of worship leadership. Thank you, Ben, always for coming yeah. and being a part of this. And uh We will be with you uh, next Tuesday when the next podcast is with you. God bless you. Have a great week. Bye-bye.